Simon Hill will be, uh, of course, in full voice tonight, overnight. Channel 10's coverage of Socceroos v Palestine. It's an interesting one, and the global game tonight from 8 o'clock as well. Morning to you, mate. I'm really interested in this because it's it's a backdrop unlike any other. They're in Kuwait. They're in a neutral venue, um, and everyone's aware of what's going on. So it's going to be really fascinating to see how this plays out. It's much more than a game of football. Yeah, it's uh, morning to you, Matthew, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating contest ahead um, and arguably a bit more tricky for Australia than the, the game they had against Bangladesh, which, of course, was at home and they won quite comfortably. Um, you know, the one thing that you can be sure of is that uh, the Palestinians will be highly motivated, even though they're not playing uh, on their own turf, which they haven't done, incidentally, since 2019. And this game was actually scheduled to be in Ramallah. Uh, before all the trouble broke out uh, in that part of the world, and obviously they had to move it. So uh, it's an interesting contest. I, I still think Australia, you know, man for man, will be too good for, for Palestine, and in many ways they'll be they'll be helped by playing in Kuwait. Uh, it's a stadium they've played at before. Um, apparently, it's a good surface. Uh, the temperatures are, are reasonable because it's the, the winter time in, in the Gulf. Uh, so, yeah, they should be okay. But um, again, you know, the, the only enemy really, I guess, is, is complacency tonight. And if they play to their capabilities, they should win. Mm. It'd be good to see Martin Boyle there, wouldn't it? Well, he is there. Um, I know that for a fact. Uh, obviously, he missed out against Bangladesh. Uh, they just wanted to nurse uh, the injury that he picked up playing for Hibernian in the Scottish Premier League. And... Uh, you know, obviously, the long journey to uh, to Australia is, is something that doesn't help injuries. Um, so they kept him in Scotland, but he is now in Kuwait. And, uh, yeah, I expect him to play a part tonight. All right, let's see how that one plays out. Uh, overnight, of course, so Socceroos v Palestine. You were at the launch yesterday of the National Second Division um, announcement. Yeah. So kicking off in early 2025, we've been discussing this at length. Eight foundation clubs with... More to come. Were there any surprises in there, uh, the way that it panned out for you? Well, I guess uh, the, the surprise really was is that it was completely limited to New South Wales and Victoria. Now, that's maybe not the way it's going to end up um, because they are looking to add between two and four new clubs over the next uh, 12 months. Uh, but at the moment, it's exclusively limited to, to New South Wales and Victoria, which obviously has led to a fair bit of negative commentary from the rest of the country, which is completely understandable. Uh, but I don't think that's uh, how it will look when it kicks off in 2025. Um, you know, clearly they, they've looked at the clubs that have the financial capability as well as the football smarts uh, to be able to set this thing up. And, uh, you know, they've, they've identified eight for the moment. Um, so, I, I, look, I think it's, it's a good start. Uh, if you remember, the A-League started with only eight clubs back in 2005. So, you know, it's it's probably better to err on the side of caution when you're setting up something completely new. Uh, but it's exciting. And, um, you know, longer term, obviously, we hope as football fans, this leads to a, a fully interconnected pyramid with promotion relegation between all the tiers. Now, that's not necessarily easy to achieve in a country the size of Australia, but I think it has to be our aim long term. Um, and it will be so good for our sport here. Uh, you know, it will be something, well, unique in, in terms of this, the, the football codes anyway. So uh, I, I think it will be fantastic. But uh, first things first, let's get this thing up and running and, and make it work. 
Yeah, well, that's it. And so we've got a year and a bit until this is up and running. But I, And I was going to ask you about promotion and relegation. I, I guess you can't really put a time frame around it, mate, because if you say one thing, it's going to be there forevermore and you'll be held to account of it. But they want to make sure that this national second division is running properly, strong enough and is good enough to to then afford to take that next step. Is it a, in your opinion, is it a five-year sort of deal? Is it a 10-year approach? Am I too long, too short? Well, to be honest, uh, I, as you rightly said at the top, I, I think it will sort itself out naturally. You know, if it works, mm. if, it's, if it's going well, after two or three years, I think the calls will start, you know, almost immediately. But uh, if it struggles, if we have clubs, you know, dropping out for financial reasons, um, if there are other issues, which I can't necessarily foresee at the moment, but, uh, you know, you just never know with something brand new. So, uh, you know, the, the answer is when it's ready. Um, and But it has to be the aim. You know, we, we need to have an interconnected system here in Australia because uh, that's how football works all over the world. And I think it would be really good for our game as well. Uh, that tension at the bottom of the league as well as at the top, uh, will be good for the development of our footballers and get them ready uh, for playing those high-pressure games, both at club and international level. So, you know, we're a way off as it stands at the moment, but, uh, you know, the, the quicker this league gets up and running and is successful, then uh, the closer that dream will become. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to relegate teams, you've got to have somewhere stable to relegate them to. Um, so that's that's the challenge for for the second division, and uh, you know with that of course comes the carrot of promotion as well. So yeah, it's as I say, it's it's a small start, but it's a good start in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Good on you, mate. Global game tonight from eight o'clock, of course, and then you'll be calling Socceroos v Palestine. So nice and busy. Uh, thanks for your time. <laughs> yeah, it's a busy all day. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> good on you. So yeah, Simon Hill there. Um, some interesting points around that. What did you make of the national second division announcements yesterday? We, we we knew what was coming. The eight foundation clubs, I wholeheartedly agree with everything that Simon just said. We've just got to make sure that this gets up and running. And the end game of all of this, or part of the end game of all of this, the promotion and relegation part, and when you think about it in that pyramid, makes perfect sense. And that has to be the outcome that everybody will be looking for. On the other side of the world, I was blown away when I read about the 10-point deduction given to Everton um, by the Premier League. And this is the kind of thing that starts to get me really fascinated in the whys and wherefores. So I started to dig around and um, the financial system, the way that it's all played out in there. I mean, the, the bottom line is that the biggest question is who's next and what next? Because, correct me if I'm wrong here, Maestro, Everton essentially were facing one charge. Clubs like Manchester City at the moment are under investigation for 195 or something or other, 150. And you've got Everton being docked 10 points for not spending enough money. Um, th- this is really interesting. It's very complex, obviously. But what happens next and if that's the kind of penalty that they're going to give out, then what happens the next time that somebody is found to have done this and more? Ten points, straight down the bottom. This is interesting because it's now been taken to Parliament. 
A Liverpool MP has called the punishment grossly unfair. He's tabled an early day motion in the House of Commons, which will be laid out for other MPs to consider. They would breach the financial rules and they also are calling for an immediate establishment of an independent regulator. Uh, regulator. So it's it's really, really interesting the way that this has gone on. It's the biggest sporting sanction in the competition's history. It pushed Everton down to 19th on the table, two points adrift of safety, and it goes to interest payments on the club's new stadium, which they believe were adbacks for profit of sustainability cal- calculation. So off and off you go over the amount of money that they've they can afford to lose. So the English top flight clubs are permitted to lose over three years £105 million. An independent commission found that Everton, their losses between 21 and 22 amounted to $124.5 million. So they lost too much money. And there's a lot of stuff behind all that. What happens next is going to be the, the biggest watch this space, I reckon, because either way, if another club transgresses and doesn't get what they got, then all hell will break loose. Or if another club is found to have done more than just the one offence, then all hell will rain down on them if you go with the form line of what's been happening. Really interesting situation over there in the English Premier League.